You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 61. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. So excited to be talking with you today because this is going to be a solo episode, as you probably know. Um, It's been a few weeks since I've done a solo episode, but you guys know that I always love checking in with you and sort of speaking from the heart as to what's going on with me. And many of you know that my business journey has been something that, sorry, my my shoe just fell off. Um, My business journey is something that has been ongoing now for about six years. And in the same way that I talk about food really being something that can teach us about ourselves in the way that the way you do one thing is how you do everything. Business is the exact same way. I'd even say that business will even teach you more about yourself than food. And that's why, you know, I know this is a food podcast to a certain extent. It's more of a spirituality podcast too. Um, It's about really just being your best self. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's really about living to your potential and getting all of our stuff out of the way. And all of our stuff, I mean resistance, and I mean self-doubt and all of that, uh, things that we all go through. Um, And I want to normalize those things. I want those things to be things that we can all overcome because we all feel them. But not that I'm not interested in food anymore, which I always will be, Nutrition is so interesting to me, but I do want to add business into the conversation. I want this to also be a place that people can come where we can talk about the realness of it and um, just really talk about what is going on with us and what we are doing. And the reason that I really want to share my business journey and become and add sort of a bigger component to my business about business is because it is such an incredible tool for personal growth. Nothing will teach you about yourself like business, especially online business. And I have had my own business for six years now, almost six and a half years, which is crazy. So over the past six years, all the money that I've made has come from things that I have made with my hands or my brain, which is nuts. Because if you would have told me six years ago that that would be the case now still, and that things are growing, that things are 
uh, getting into a place of alignment that I had never envisioned in my life, um, I wouldn't have believed you. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping others do the same. So I've mentioned it on the podcast before that I am starting a mastermind. It's a six-month mastermind that's going to run from this January 2019, mid-January to June. Six months. Um, it's going to be obviously a business mastermind, but it is also going to have a big focus on self-care and nutrition and a way for you to not sort of burn out on the things that you do and to keep a good mindset uh, throughout. So because of that, um, I want to invite you to apply for it if you are interested in it. Um, I sent an email out this week to my newsletter list and I have already gotten a bunch of applications. And that is so exciting to me. And many of you were like, oh my God, why didn't you do this sooner? I've been waiting for this finally, which is just another testament to why sometimes we wait to do stuff and why we tell ourselves that we are not ready to do things. And I really want this next year, 2019, to be a time that we can all step into our power, really do the things that we want to do. And I would be honored to help you get there too. So the reason that I waited so long to do this, just to be real, is because I wanted to get my own business experience. Because even though I've had an in-person business, like I said, for six years, I've delved now into the online space, which is completely different. But again, any sort of business experience is beneficial. And again, it is such an incredible tool for learning about yourself. And that's why I love it. Honestly, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be talking about this, I never would have believed you. I don't know why. Maybe because I was telling myself a story that I just was quiet and shy and I didn't deserve it and all of these things. And it just goes to show you that we can all change. We can all get better. And I'm telling you that there is nothing more powerful than making money, doing what you love, helping others and to be of service. Um, and that's why I really love it and why I'm so passionate about teaching it. So again, I'm not going to stop talking about nutrition and food. It's always going to be a part of this, but I do want to add more entrepreneurial and business content because I know a lot of you out there um, are interested in that. And I know a lot of NTPs, nutritional therapy practitioners, and perhaps other health professionals listen. So I'm all about, you know, getting into your zone of genius, into staying there, into working hard. There's my dog and being disciplined. Um, but I hear a lot of stuff about business that I don't fully agree with. And even my own views of it have changed. So... I want to talk about what that means. I'm going to also be talking about my own business journey and how it's sort of evolved over the years. And then I'm going to be talking about five lessons that I've learned. So we hear a lot about passion, right? We hear a lot about like, just follow, actually, before I do that, I also, I'm not sure if I said that you can apply for the mastermind in the show notes. So the link is going to be there in the show notes. So look for it there. Um, but anyway, we hear about passion. We hear about follow your heart and do all of these things. And that's what I did. So if you guys aren't familiar with my story, I'm just going to give 
a brief synopsis as best I can. So when I was in college, I was studying uh, psychology because I wanted to be a psychologist and I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to be a sounding board and hold space for people. And to me, psychology was the best way to do that. So I also double majored in business uh, because that's what you do, right? Uh, even though I didn't really think of myself as a businesswoman in the way that I am now, in the role that I'm stepping into, back then I was like, well, if all goes to shit, then I can just get an MBA because that's like what you do. And um, so I studied psychology, but as I was studying psychology, I had to get community service hours and do research and stuff like that. So I decided to do my community service hours at a suicide center uh, in Alachua County, where I went to school in Gainesville. So it was a crisis, the Alachua County Crisis Center, and I would answer the phones there once a week for three hours for people that were basically in crisis. Uh, on, you know, about to commit suicide, who reached out and needed help. Uh, it was super intense. I think we started with like 63 people in my training course to become a crisis line counselor, which is what I was. And we ended up with 19 because it, again, like you're not putting just anybody on those phones. Like somebody's life is going to be on the line potentially. So they had to be very careful about who they let in. We had to do like role playing and tests and, was just really intense, but I ended up getting, you know, the volunteer position. And even with just doing that for three hours a week, I left so drained that I couldn't imagine doing that, um, as a 40 hour or more week job. So I sort of shifted out of that. And also my mother encouraged me as well to not, uh, work immediately. I'm sorry, not go back to school immediately after school ended. So before I did that, I thought that I was going to go back into clinical psychology, get my PhD, work as a psychologist and just do that. And after I graduated from school, I went and got a job at Macy's corporate in Clearwater, Florida. I was a human resources manager there. So I was basically the person who would give the presentation to new hires. I would, um, also fire people, which was pretty crazy. Even at 22, I'm like firing people who are way older than me, way more like experienced in work. I also had people reporting to me who were way older than me. Um, I was kind of like the new girl in there. I went through something called the executive development program. So it was a very specific training program for executives and people who are going to become executives. And I got placed in the human resources department and we would rotate but I never got the chance to rotate because after nine months at that job, I got laid off. It was 2009 or 2008, um, but it was around the recession. So sort of like last one in, first one out, that's what happened to me. But I didn't think that I had to really like that job. I was just like, you know what? I have my own apartment. I'm going to be making money. And that's all that matters. I didn't think that I was going to be just having my life focus on that. It's just not a thought that popped into my head to be fully honest with you. So when I got back home to Miami, obviously I moved back home. Um, I always had something stirring within me that I liked to bake, that I liked to make food. Obviously, you know that I had my struggles with eating disorders. I was still on my weight loss journey then, like still hadn't fully healed from all of my stuff, but I still loved 
cooking for people and I had lost weight and I knew that you could create healthy food that was really delicious and that could be sort of a tool for weight loss. So I was really interested in that, but I always believed in balance and baking stuff. So I was really passionate about baking. Um, And I went back to my job or to another job in Miami here at another human resources position. I took like a $15,000 pay cut to do that. Uh, Again, it was the recession time. And again, still really not liking what I was doing at all. Um, I loved my coworkers at that job, most of them. Um, But for the most part, I still felt like I would die in that job and still not have my gifts out to the world. If you are out there and you are feeling that, that you have something within you that needs to be let out, that's a sign that maybe you should explore what it is. Um... I'm going to be talking about passion a little bit more in a little bit, but my views on passion has changed and I'm just going to sort of illustrate that with my story. But I always felt like there was something in me that didn't exactly want to be at these corporate jobs where I even had like the big boss tell me one day because like I couldn't concentrate one day at work. She was like, you just need to value yourself more um, so you can do a better job at work. And I was still doing a great job, but she didn't see that enthusiasm and that sense of urgency because I just didn't feel it. So I ended up looking at, started researching food programs, started researching like, do I want to go be a sommelier? Do I want to be a pastry chef? Do I want to um, have a restaurant? Like, what are the things that I want to do? I spoke to people in the industries that I was interested in. Um, because again, I was not specific. I just knew it was like food, but I knew that I wanted some sort of like academic degree at the same time that I got that hands-on experience. So I ended up finding a program at BU that I loved. You guys know that I went there for one year and it was a program that again, I got a master's in food studies with a focus in nutrition and food writing, which like, you know, seven years ago, I had no idea that it would be like exactly, you know, what I'm doing now, like talking about nutrition and writing about it, creating content. I had no idea what I would do with it back then, but I just knew that if I followed that curiosity and that next step, that things would end up working out. Because I remember going to interview at the school and standing there on the corner of 808 Commonwealth Avenue, which was the building in Boston that I uh, went to school at and went to cooking school at. I remember standing there and knowing that the moment I got back to Miami, I was going to quit my job and get into that school, even though like hardly anybody gets into that program. But I had that deep knowing. And again, no idea what I would do. So I decided to do that, got back home, got accepted into the school, moved to Boston for a year, always knowing that I would be an entrepreneur, always knowing that I would do something really special. But again, not knowing what that would be. And I even had my mentor uh, at the time. Her name is Cheryl Julian. She was the food editor of the Boston Globe at the time. Now I think she does freelance work. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. Well, I'm going to try to get her on. I haven't reached out to her yet. But um, she was very instrumental in making me believe that I could do this because I took her food writing class, which was amazing. And she had us all go around the room in the class at one point and say what we wanted to do. And I said, you know, I just really want to help people eat healthy and I want them to have balance in their lives and feel good about eating healthy. And she was like, well, you're just going to have to create that job. 
And that was so intimidating to me because again, we come from these narratives of like, you know, get a job and go get your MBA and like, just make money, become a doctor, become a lawyer. But like, I knew that I would never be happy doing that. So then I went to Italy, which was amazing too. And I worked on farms for 12 weeks, like literally working on the farm, uh, you know, milking animals. I would harvest fruits and vegetables. I would plant them. I would weed whack and mow the lawn at vineyards because they had them. I would organize vineyard uh, vines. And that sort of completely shifted my food philosophy because food philosophy because I learned that things could be really simple, which is something that I talked about a lot. So again, this whole time, if we just sort of pause, doing things that have led me to where I am today, giving presentations at my corporate job, firing people. So learning how to deal with people and talk to them and sort of sell in a way, you know, making a case for whatever it is that you're going to do, becoming personable, talking to people, again, presenting, getting over that fear of public speaking, because I had to do it every Monday for two years at the two different jobs for a two hour presentation, which again, you all see me do lives and talking on Instagram stories and even doing this podcast that was grooming me for this. So even though it was completely unrelated, it was just one step on the path. Um, so then when I got back to Miami, um, oh, and also obviously the learning about food and the food writing and all of that, uh, was just another step that again was beneficial to me. So even if it might not be clear, trust that you'll be able to take your skills and sort of translate them to different things because that's totally okay. So when I got back to Miami, I was, I guess, telling people what I was doing and people started hearing about me. And my dentist at the time actually was like, oh my God, this morning, somebody at my nail salon was saying that they wanted somebody to their house, somebody to go to their house and cook for them. Like, maybe you can do that because again, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do that. Then she calls the nail salon. She asks the woman doing the nails for the number of that woman that said that she got in touch with me. And then I started at that person's house. Like a week later, I went to their house, maybe the next day with my iPad and just showed them pictures of stuff that I had made, told them that I had never done this before. They were willing to be my guinea pigs. I said my price, like, I think I can charge $25 an hour. Like I literally said it like that. And he's like, don't ask for the price like that. Um, I'm going to give you $10 more. So I started out making $35 an hour, which was, which is a whole other conversation about worth and pricing yourself, which I'll probably eventually do another episode on that. But that's another thing to really make you grow is to say your price and say what you're worth and sort of fight for it and trust that people will pay you that to get you the result that they want. Um, so I did that. And then within a couple months, I started getting more clients. I have no idea how, like just through word of mouth, people spreading the word about me. Then I ended up getting one job at a home um, here in Coconut Grove on the water, beautiful mansion, which is, was an extremely demanding job, very stressful and like a lot of unexpected things popping up all the time. Uh, sort of had to be on my feet, people changing their minds, saying that they do like something and they don't, me having to make like last minute decisions. Uh, when I say do like something and they don't, I just mean like their food preferences and the diet preferences. So 
that was sort of a lab for me to learn about cooking and learn about easy stuff. So I ended up leaving that job and then sort of going out on my own as a private chef uh, in 2014. And again, always trusting that the right clients would come to me too. Around this time as well, actually around 2012, I started giving talks at doctor's offices and gyms completely for free and yoga studios, just about like emotional eating and intuitive eating because that was something that was so profound in my life. And I feel like, oh my God, I know this and I can help so many women with this. Why don't I just talk about this now? So I started doing that and sort of just building an an in-person community. And having, and just being so genuine about it, just being like literally on my day off, that's what I would do. I didn't have um, a boyfriend or anything back then. So not saying that you can't do this if you, if you have a boyfriend or if you're in a relationship, but I just like was in it a hundred percent, like just doing it for fun. And that's why when people talk about passion and stuff and like, just follow your passion and just do that, I don't fully agree with that because my passion for cooking has changed. Back then I was like, oh, I just want to bake. So I would take catering jobs at the beginning where I would have to make like 200 cupcakes and I hated it. And it literally, and I also started baking for bookstores, like literally taking two hours to make a cake and then getting paid 30 bucks for it, including my own delivery, which I would have to sit an hour in traffic to do that. Um, And that's sort of like, if I would have followed that, then I wouldn't have made any money and I wouldn't have um, gotten to where I am now. So I think it's important to both follow your passion, maybe, maybe keep your passion for like doing fun stuff um, or to maybe do thing, do something that you're willing to sort of lose that passionate feeling about because it's different. Even with cooking, I love cooking, but it's different now. Uh, It's, I do still cook for fun. But there was a time period where I just really didn't want to cook ever. Of course, I can teach about it and talk about it, but for people that aren't cooking all day. So at a time when I was cooking all day, I didn't want to come home and cook. Um, So I would just be willing to lose the passion for that. So I think when we talk about passion, I think that we can do things just for the sake of wanting to do them. Like we don't have to make money from stuff all the time. We do have to make money, but again maybe shift into something that like maybe you have expertise in, something that people are asking you for, something that the market wants, uh, and sort of combining those things together, what you like doing, what people want from you, and what's actually going to sell into doing something. So I don't think things are like, like my story's definitely not like, ooh, she just followed her passion and this happened. No, Uh, I definitely shifted along the way and it was hard. It was so hard. It still is hard, but it doesn't mean that I don't love doing it. And it doesn't mean that it's not worth doing. This is the hardest thing we do as business owners is putting our business out there and talking about it. But again, we have to be sort of discerning with the things that we want to do in our lives. And I think that it's okay to have a separate passion that you keep as your passion. And then maybe have something that maybe you get paid a little bit for, and then have something that you get paid a lot more for. But again, we can create these things ourselves and that is okay to do that. So my private chef business started taking off. I was doing my in-person, um, you know, speaking at gyms and stuff. And I 
throughout this whole time was furiously taking notes and creating content, sharing my stuff on Instagram, never selling anything, never asking for money, having no idea how to do that. But again, knowing deep down that I was going to make a big impact. So I decided to do, now there's dogs barking. I decided to do a rebrand and completely rebrand my business um, to not only cooking, but to do emotional eating and intuitive eating. I decided to go back and get my nutritional therapy certificate to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. And again, not really thinking I would stop cooking, not really thinking that I would go full time, not knowing that I could do it online. Just again, following what I loved, following what was interesting to me and trusting that it would work out. So after I did that, I did my rebrand for my business. That's when you guys like saw my website and my branding and all of that. But even though I did that, money still was not coming in for my online business because I had no, so I had like the foundation, but I had no idea how to get people to buy my stuff, how to do like launches or how to create products or any of that. And this is why mentorship is so important because I hired my business coach, Jill Coleman. Uh, She was my business coach this year and she completely changed my life. I also had my mastermind women in my group who completely changed my life as well. I love them. And I learned so much from them. And I put myself in a situation where I was literally the newest person in a group, not knowing anything about anything, like deer in headlights, scared. What am I doing? How am I doing this? And learning, soaking it up and just taking action. So I want to read something from, if anybody's listening, who is an aspiring entrepreneur, you need to get into, uh, Stephen Pressfield's work. What is it that I want to read? Um, yes, wait. (laughs) Um, okay. This is it. Stephen Pressfield wrote the book, the war of art and turning pro. So this is from turning pro. Basically just talks about resistance, which he describes resistance like this. There's a second self inside you, an inner shadow self. This self doesn't care about you. It doesn't love you. It has its own agenda and it will kill you. It will kill you like cancer. It will kill you to achieve its agenda, which is to prevent you from actualizing yourself with a capital S from becoming who you really are. This shadow self is called in the Kabbalistic... Kabbalistic lexicon, the Yetzer Hara. The Yetzer Hara, Steve, is what you would call resistance. So that's something that somebody told uh, Stephen Pressfield. But he talks about resistance just being this like toxic thing that we all have inside of us. It's just part of us. It's not necessarily toxic, but it's this thing that doesn't care about your goals or whatever. It's just going to tell you no matter what, that you suck, that you're the worst, that you're not good enough. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, everybody has that inside of them. Everybody feels this thing at some point. I was like, oh, now I can expect this resistance and I can fight it. So Stephen Pressfield sort of equates resistance and getting over resistance to fighting a dragon every day. Like who's going to win today? And I still have days, you guys, that resistance beats me, that I am on my couch and I literally can't do anything. Um because I just have those days sometimes. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Like one day you just like get over resistance. No, it's something that you need to show up for and be aware of and just do your shit anyway. And that is what I've learned this year because 
again, I was so scared and so not knowing what I was going to do. And if I would have let resistance stop me, then I never would have gotten anywhere. So know that that voice inside of you, everybody has it and know that you don't have to listen to it. What it says are lies. But what I was going to say is that there's never a perfect time to do something. There's never this like magical time that comes. That's like, now is the time. It doesn't work that way. You're always going to feel that resistance. So the time is now for you to do the thing that you want to do. If you're listening and you feel that thing inside of you, not everybody feels that thing. Not everybody has it. And that's perfectly okay. Some people are okay, you know, working in the corporate world and in their nine to five and not wanting to work on, you know, the moments that we have to as entrepreneurs. That's perfectly fine. I'm talking to the entrepreneurs out there who are feeling this, but in his book, Turning Pro, he has this passage called Play Hurt. And when he call, when he says turning pro, he means that there's a moment in our lives when we turn from the amateur, the person who doesn't show up for their work, doesn't get their work done, doesn't write, doesn't take action to a pro who takes action. And for me, or the, or the professional, and for me this year is when I turned pro. And it was in that moment, in that room, when I was in my... Uh, mastermind for the first time that I really turned pro and I just decided that I was going to be somebody who was an action taker. And if there's one thing you get from this podcast, it's that all that matters is taking action. So you don't have to get everything figured out. You can be scrappy. You can be somebody who Google shit all the time, which is something that I do. Um, and I just like figure it out in a really scrappy way. It is okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. All that matters literally is that you take action one drop in the bucket every day, one thing at a time, one tiny baby step, take action and have somebody guide you. And that's really all you need. But anyway, this passage, play hurt. The amateur believes that she must have all her ducks in a row before she can launch her startup or compose her symphony or design her iPhone app. The professional knows better. Has your husband just walked out on you? Has your El Dorado been repossessed? Keep writing, keep composing, keep shooting film. Athletes play hurt. Warriors fight scared. The professional takes two aspirin and keeps on trucking. And that is the mentality that we sort of need to have when it comes to business and when it comes to taking action. We just need to keep going no matter what because so many excuses are going to come up. I don't feel like it. I don't want to, this sucks. I'm the worst. You know, resistance is going to pop up. Even if like you think you got over resistance that day, it's going to pop up again. So just be prepared for that. When it pops up for me, again, sometimes I let it knock, not that I let it, well, I do let it, but it knocks me out sometimes unconsciously because I believe the voice that's in my head. Uh, and many of you might not think that I have that, but I want to be super real here and genuine and just say that we all go through this. So I want you to take that along as well and know that there's never a perfect time that you might not have all your ducks in a row for this to happen, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it anyway. So this year I launched several programs. I created signature programs. I did freebies. I did live events. I um, started a mastermind, which is happening now. I started a nutrition coaching practice, which became much more intense and in a different way than I used to do, which is to see people in person for like emotional eating and intuitive eating coaching. Um, 
not like full on like a dietitian or anything like that, but like I get into the emotions so we can do like big transformational work to more of an online model where I sell packages and um, I talk to people on coaching calls, which I love doing. But again, I developed this year two signature programs, which are Intuitive Cooking School, which is my uh, six-week cooking school, and my Intuitive Eating School, which is my eight-week cooking pro eight-week eating program. So I also did Food Freedom School and Food Freedom Club, which I might make Food Freedom School a freebie because it has a lot of valuable information, just something that is available at all times at some point maybe, which is called Evergreen, when which when something is available at all times versus having like an open and closed cart, which is when you see launches, that's what's happening. Um, but sometimes you just have to do stuff to know that like, you know, maybe there's something else out there. So that's why taking action. And through this year, I feel like in business, you just kind of have to work a long time. And like Gary Vee, Gary v, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you kind of just have to eat shit for a long time. And Ira Glass has that thing where like you're going to do stuff and it's like really not that good. And that's okay. It's really now, you know, six years in, even though I've been making money this entire time and learning about business and, um, you know, being successful, it's really maybe only in the past year or two that I have felt like I'm like fully aligned and purposeful and everything is coming together. And like, actually the things are really, really happening at full force and fast. So that's why I am so excited, uh, about everything that's happening. And I want to help you do the same as if I haven't said that enough, but, um, the lessons that I've learned in business, uh, the first one I sort of just said it, you kind of have to be bad for a long time. So again, all that matters is taking action and getting your reps in. So you don't want to do a Facebook live and you feel sort of scared about doing that. Just do one. I know that that sounds way easier, uh, than it seems, but it, it really is just that, like, just do it. Some people come to me and they're like, you know, but how do you show up on camera? I'm like, you know what? I I don't want to sometimes, but I just do it anyway. Because again, the person that we become and the character that we develop through taking action in spite of our fears, in spite of resistance, in spite of that voice, that's what builds character and strength and courage and resilience. And that is what makes everything worth it. Because I've learned that I don't like things. I don't feel good when I just do easy stuff. Like there's that Zig, Zig Ziglar quote that's like easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. That's how I feel. Like I do my things that are hard and it's not like everything is hard. I definitely like relaxing. Somebody who I really love with this stuff who talks about this is Jamie Varon who says that like, yeah, you can go out of your comfort zone, but like it doesn't have to be uncomfortable 24 seven. So discomfort is awesome, but it's also amazing to have moments of deliciousness and relaxation and stepping back. That's balance. So I'm not saying to like, you know, go hundred miles per hour. No way. Do it at your own pace, relax in between, have fun, live a balanced life and just see what happens eventually. Um, and that's why, again, getting your reps in, just taking action, doing it, being okay with just being kind of bad, because eventually I promise you, you will be good. The next thing that I learned about business is that energetics matter. So we all hear about like the used car salesman that says, you know, that has like that slimy vibe or whatever. So 
we don't like his energetics, right? So when it comes to business, if you are genuine and if you are sincere and you're authentic, people feel that. And I feel like that's been a huge component of my own business because I share super authentically, even if I don't want to, sometimes I do it anyway. I share authentically. People know I'm human. People know I've struggled and still struggle sometimes. Um, I definitely never make it seem like I have it all figured out. I'm like here in the trenches with everybody else. But the way that I say things, um, I'm really talking to one person and I'm really being genuine about it and sincere because I genuinely do want to help. And that comes across because it's sincere. You see people on video sometimes where you see them and you're like, oh, don't want to buy anything from you. So just really work on being, for lack of a better word, being authentic and just speaking from the heart. And it's not that hard to do that because if you just speak directly to your ideal client, your ideal customer, they are going to want to see, I'm already wanting to get into like the specifics of the business stuff. Like that isn't my journey, but I'm going to save that for another podcast episode, perhaps in the future, but people feel it. So that comes with practice. It comes with time, but I'm a big believer in like ripping the bandaid off and just doing it because your people will find you and make sure that you're giving out good energy and genuine energy. And I promise things are going to be way better than if you are being insincere, which is why it's important to do something that you feel, you know, aligned with. The next thing is to be flexible. So sometimes we can be really rigid and be like, I got this. I'm going to do it myself. I don't need any help. And this is, this is the thing that I want to do. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, be salesy and I'm not going to use the copy. I hear a lot of people that tell me that. And I think it's important, especially when you have somebody guiding you to just be open and flexible throughout the journey, especially if somebody has been there before. Do everything that you can to listen to that person uh, if somebody's guiding you specifically and you trust them. Because if you have something in mind and it doesn't work, that's okay. You tried it. You know that doesn't work anymore. Now move on to the next thing that's going to work. And eventually you will find your thing, but only because you decided to be flexible and open and um, yeah, it's really important to be flexible and not be too, too, too rigid in business and especially in your life too, because I was so rigid for such a long time and you guys, it sucks so much. The next thing is listen to your customer. So many of the things that I developed, I developed because people wanted it from me. To be honest, I did not want to put a cooking course out last year. I wanted to only talk about mindset and spirituality, but I realized that because again, I've been cooking for so long and I was like, I'm done with this. But again, I couldn't not do it. I had so many pages of notes, so many ideas that I knew could help people. People had been asking me for it. So I just decided to do it. And lo and behold, it was super successful and awesome. So I listened to my customer uh, I gave them what they wanted. So once you have that audience of even just a few hundred people, it's okay. There's a book called a thousand true super fans or a thousand super fans. So like, even if you just have a thousand people, if you put, if you put out a hundred dollar product and a thousand people buy it, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So, and that's just making one product. But again, there's launches, there's formulas, there's stuff involved and build, building value and sequences and stuff, funnels. Um, but again, it all comes down to listening to your customer because when it comes to online business and business itself, it's like just an exchange. So like you give money 
you give money to somebody for something in return. So whether you go get a facial, like you're giving that person money because you want a facial from them. You go out to dinner, you hire a business coach, you hire a weight loss coach. Like they're all giving you a result and an outcome. So we do that and we refine our process by continuing to listen to the customer, to listen to the person, to do that research so we know we are serving people and so we can ultimately make money. And that's really what business is about, right? Is obviously making money, but then also having an impact on people and making a difference in their lives. The next thing and probably the most important thing is just like dieting, just like with our bodies, uh, this is a long game. So a business that is built in three months that like you're already making thousands of dollars is probably going to fall to the ground. It's better to take the long game and to build it slow so that it can be more sustainable. And aren't you going to feel so much more proud when you know that you put in the correct steps and that you did something that was amazing that your customers wanted? Um, It's just going to feel incredible when you do that. So even if you're doing something now and it's been a month and like you haven't seen results, man, just keep going. Know that it's a long game. Know that um, the lessons and the character that you're going to develop throughout the process is more valuable than anything. It's priceless. So, you know, back six years ago, I wish I would have just done, like, I wished that back then that I would have like had this now. Um, But I know that I wouldn't have learned the lessons. Imagine like if I would have just been given money and I would have been given like a toolkit and a formula for my life. And like I had a crystal ball that could see into the future, I would not be who I am today. So take the long game perspective. Don't look into short-term strategies. If your Instagram isn't growing, if your business isn't growing, um, obviously there's things that can be done to be put in place. But as we build it, As we figure stuff out, it does take at least six months to start to see something and that is okay. So that's why I also believe that maybe you should have a job at the same time that you're building your thing because we don't want all of the pressure on the thing that we want to do to make money immediately because that's going to, again, mess up the energetics, energetics, energetics of your business and you're going to put this desperate energy on it. Um, I'm so tempted to just talk about like these tangential subjects about like selling and market research and stuff, but maybe in the future we'll talk about that. That stuff is definitely going to be included in the mastermind, but, um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you're into business, um, because I really am. And I really want to teach you guys about it because it's, such an amazing thing. And I wish I'm basically saying the things that I wish I would have heard, um, many years ago. And sorry, I paused because I have this book here. I wanted to finish with one other quote here about, um, magic. Another good book, by the way, is big magic by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. And I want you to know that when we go into business again, sometimes we think that it's like amazing and magical and all these things. And it totally is. There's definitely moments of that, but it's also just discipline. It's also just like keeping going. It's not pretty all the time. It hurts, but that is okay for the rewards that you get. So I want to read this passage here. I think it's one page here in the book. 
that just talks about like the value of the ordinary of just working hard and just doing that and know that there's value in that. The professional mindset works in two ways. It's important for us to grasp to grasp the distinction. First, the pro mindset is a discipline that we use to overcome resistance, to defeat the self-sabotaging habits of procrastination, self-doubt, susceptibility to distraction, perfectionism, and shallowness. We enlist the self-strengthening habits of order, regularity, discipline, and a constant striving after excellence. That's not hard to understand. But what about the magic? What about madness? What about flashes of brilliance and uncontrollable outbursts of genius? How does the professional mindset help there? Isn't there, isn't it too severe, too hardcore, too regimented? Answer, no. The monk glimpses the face of God, not by scaling a peak in the Himalayas, but by sitting in style, by sitting still in silence. Yoga meditation and the martial arts access the soul by way of the body. The physical leads to the spiritual. The humble produces the sublime. It seems counterintuitive, but it's true. In order to achieve, achieve flow, magic, the zone, we start by being common and ordinary and workmanlike. We set our palms against the stones in the garden wall and search, search, search until at last, in the instant when we're ready to give up, our fingers fasten upon the secret door. Like a child entering a meadow, we step over the threshold, forgetting everything except the butterfly that flits across our vision. From this play arises Guernica and the Godfather and the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao. So that's just a way of saying that from the outside, many things look like they're done or they're an overnight success or it's like super delicious all the time, but it's not like that. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that just comes down to discipline, action, order, organization, not getting distracted. So I don't want you to forget the value of that. And I don't want you to think that it's easy. And I don't also want you to think that just because it's not easy doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it, which I've probably said a million times. But anyway, you guys, please rate and review the podcast um, on iTunes, which you can do by just searching for Heart Food Podcast, clicking on it, subscribing and rating and reviewing then. And be sure to apply for the mastermind if this was interesting to you. Um, I can't wait to hear from you guys and to get started on it. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.